Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to season two of From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Jimmy. And me, Ollie. So on the agenda today, we've got the 4-0 drubbing of Mansfield. We'll talk pre-season so far. Uh, obviously, we'll go over the season ticket fiasco because that's what it is. We'll also talk about the new contracts that have been given out so far and any other rumours that are doing the rounds in terms of incoming players. Yeah, thanks for listening as always. And finally, I hope you enjoy. So we good? It's good to be back. It's good to be back, isn't it? Yeah. Feels like um, a long, what, three, four weeks since we recorded with Laura? It, it does actually feel like a really long time. How are you, Ollie? Back. Yeah, good, thanks, Jake. Very good. busy at the minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip over that one, I think. Um, yeah, Mansfield yesterday. It was a bit of a stroll in the park, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they were, they were very weak, to say the least, I think. Um, cannon fodder was probably the best way I, I described them on Twitter yesterday. They were, they, were, they were a little bit naughty at times, I thought. Quite scrappy. The League 2 team, mate. That's yeah, what to no, expect. You know, they finished 21st. They finished 21st in League 2 last season. You know, the two of the three teams below them were Macclesfield, Stevenage. I got it finished 22nd. But, you know, you look at teams like that at the bottom end of League 2 and it's a scrappy league at the best of times. Yeah. Um, I think they made six debuts yesterday. But they just... They weren't much good, and to be fair, we were a class above them. That was probably the best way to describe the game. We were just a class above. I know they've hit the post, but Ripley's Ripley's fault or just a good effort? Um, I don't really want to put too much blame on Connor at the SC, except clean sheet. You know, he's not had a lot to do either. Let's be fair. That is he's punched his first clean clutch. sheet. Um, no, he kept Ooh. one away at Bradford last year, didn't he? In the cup. Oh yeah, of course um, he did. But. Yeah, it's just weak opposition. You know, good goals to be fair. Barky's goal's good in it. You know, yeah, brilliant. Maguire's, Maguire's finished it well. He's with his weaker foot. I didn't realise that um, Brown had got a flick on for for Bauer's goal until I sent it back. Yeah, I no, think it's I that they worked. They worked on that one in training. I think the day before the game. And then I'll not, I didn't, I didn't the see goal. the game, but um, Mansfield manager basically just said what Jimmy said that we were just a class above them. Yeah, and. Good to get Maguire on the score sheet. A goal and an assist for uh, the the man of the moment, if you will, after he signed his contract extension, Josh Harrop. I thought he did well overall. All right, didn't he? Yeah. He's, um, if, Ollie described him as a pocket player. I think that's the perfect way to describe his game yesterday. He just picked up pockets of space. Yeah. You know, you can say he started as the left-sided attacker but he cuts inside so much and we've seen it I'll come on to the tram again in a bit but when he tucks inside it gives the left back a lot of space obviously with Josh being a former winger it just gives us that little bit of extra space to play with on that left side gives us an, a, an extra attacking outlet um, thought he did alright yesterday Josh Hill he, he got caught on the ball a couple of times in the first half but um, yeah he just needs game time I think 
Um, be interested in what he goes with come the Swansea game in a couple of weeks. I, I, I think he'll revert to type, but that's just the feeling I get. It's difficult to say, isn't it, at this stage? Yeah. Still early. We've only played three games, haven't we? Well, you say it's um, still early, but new season starts in 12 days, well, 11 days when you're listening to this. Yeah, still three games. games yeah, we've still got three pre-season games left. Um, so, we just wait and see. I think, it, But you look at that first week, when we do start, we've got three games in a week again because obviously we've got a cup game now in the middle of it. So it's going to be a squad game regardless for the next, for the next God knows how long because yeah. you've got to have that strength in depth. I yeah. think, think with Alex Neil anyway, with his fullback, he tends to go on a game-by-game basis anyway. So I'm not sure it's going to be a case of someone starting against Swansea and then keeping the shirt all season. Um, tends to go a bit more physicality against Cardiff when we tend to play. Cardiff so you'd expect Hughes coming for that but I think going back to Harrop he needs mobile attackers around him if you're gonna if you're gonna play Harrop I think he's better alongside someone like Maguire um, than someone like Stockley he doesn't really move I think he'll be a decent player this season Harrop yeah yeah time to kick on isn't it after that that new new extension yeah well I say that it's time to kick on provided he's given an opportunity and, and a run in the side more than there's a lot of competition on that left side now, I think, mm-hmm. with Sinclair and Maguire as well. But I think, obviously, Maguire starting as a number nine yesterday, then Sinclair coming on as a number nine. Doesn't bode well for, for Stockley, really, but we'll see what no, happens. They switched, didn't they, Sinclair and Barkey? Last sort of five, ten minutes. So yeah, Barkey, Barkey went as a nine and Sinclair went left. be interesting, uh, you know, it, it's full of pace, wasn't it, that front four yesterday, really? Barkey, Potts, Harrit, Maguire. Just Potts, Potts is worth a mention, by the way. I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. He's back to back to pre well, he's back to pre Ibiza Potts. I think it's the best way someone described <laughs> it yesterday. So, you know, we'll take that all day long, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Just on Harrip, you know, I know you mentioned about him time to kick on. You know, he's what, 25 in December. So he's at that stage of his career now where the next three years are actually really important for him. Yeah. You know, because by the end of his contract, he'll be what, 27, just about to turn 28, you know, if he doesn't sign another extension whilst he's here or, or gets a move. So it's time to, you know, kick on. You know, he, he had a good interview on Radio Lanks on Friday night, actually. And he said that he sets himself targets about goals. He always wants to score 10 goals a season. And he, he, he was dead honest, you know, in terms of how he came across, in terms of he didn't really get going last season. You know, he was in and out of the team. He wants to be settled in a, in a side. So... I think Alex um, Neil just just on last season with with Josh Harrop. I think Alex Neil said like it's always tough for a player when they're coming back from a big injury because they, they they can quite often find that they pick up other little niggles here and there. And I think that's probably something that's hampered him quite a bit last season. Yeah, I think possibly. every time Alex Neil mentions Josh Harrop, he mentions that his defensive side of the game, and I think that's the main reason that he didn't get a big run last season. It's a bit like Robinson before Robinson kicked on. Because he was in and out as well. And then some at click for Robinson. And Josh Hart's a very good footballer as well. So if someone does click, he could be a very good player, I think. Absolutely. Um, Salford then. Obviously, 1 3 1. Tough, tough really to take anything away from it. First pre season friendly, 60 minutes for one group of players, 30 minutes for another group of players. I suppose you could you say the same put, about Tranmere as well. As you see, I said, you could probably put both the friendlies together. Yeah, you know, in terms of both league to opposition, Salford looked all right. You know, Ash Hunter can't tackle. Yeah, he's tackle on Callum Johnson yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely horrific. 
Yeah. Um, I think the fact that it was a friendly saved him from getting a red, didn't it? Well, they've took him off, haven't they? Straight yeah. away. The refs made him take him off, which is probably wise, to be fair, because it's an absolutely horrific tackle. But they look all right, Salford. They'll do all right in League 2 this year. Obviously, you know, Finger gets pointed at Ripley for the goal we conceded there, but I don't think the Finger can get pointed at him for the goal we conceded at Tranmere. No. Um, you know, 89th minute and, you know, soaking wet conditions on a bobbly pitch, to say the least. I played at yeah. Tranmere. It's, a, it's not a good pitch to start with. And, you know, Bowden passing back from his halfway line on a wet pitch was just silly. I think you um, said, Ollie, um, that was probably... You thought that was Bowden's worst 30 minutes in the North End shirt? Yeah, just didn't get going, did he? No. Nah. But very sluggish, Bill. I had high hopes for Bill, but I think... Well, obviously we're interested in low, but I'm not sure. But actively looking for a winger, but we'll see what happens. But I think he's way down the pecking order now. You've got, mm. you got Potts, Sinclair, Maguire, Harrop, Barkusen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... yeah. That, I don't think you can blame Ripley for that one. Um, but, you know, Hudson looks all right. He's not really been tested, Hudson. You know, I wasn't surprised with him going with Ripley yesterday for experience because that's the Alex Neal way of doing things. Yeah. Um, I know, Ollie, you mentioned that he probably should have got, gone with Hudson just for experience to get him actual game time. It's, it, yesterday was an extension of a pre-season game for me. So, I think it wouldn't have done any harm to start Hudson yesterday. I think, no. I don't know, I don't know what you gain out of starting Ripley. To be honest, but well, it's not a major decision, is it? Wasn't he as good as gone to Salford and then Rudd got injured? That was the rumor, weren't it? So if that's the case, he's obviously not wanted. Well, he's clearly not. He's, he's, yeah, I'm exactly. surprised he was here come October. I think the the new wage caps, people are championing the wage cap, but it's going to cause a few issues. Yeah, well, we'll come on to that in the in the second part. But yeah, um, yeah. So there's obviously still one game to be. To be confirmed, um, whether that it'll be Sod's Law that will come off recording and it'll get announced. But I'm led to believe it's Burnley. Is that Burnley at Deepdale on yeah. Tuesday? That's not we're led to believe. Um, knowing our luck, it'll be someone else away from home. But <laughs> um, um, what what what's your take on 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 the weird kickoff times with them all? So obviously the Friday games, I've seen it listed as a twelve o'clock kickoff somewhere, but I've seen it. I've seen it also as a two o'clock kickoff. I think it probably will be a two o'clock kickoff. But the thing is, well, well, the thing is, why the only reason games are at seven forty-five in midweek is so fans can attend. Yeah, yeah, there's no true. Reason, there's no reason for them to wait till quarter to eight at night to play a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair I enough. I saw. That's why we saw in lockdown quite a lot of games kicking off at five as well. Yeah. Because now you've got to think teams are probably travelling on the same day with the travel restrictions. You know, there's probably not a lot of teams that stay overnight. I know we stayed overnight a couple of times towards the back end of the season. Yeah, the games there's, there's going to be yeah, exactly. There's going to be a few instances where you've no choice, really. Yeah, but you know, I think for safety, you know, a lot of teams will travel same day now. And you know, Sheffield United's not a million miles away. It's a two o'clock kickoff. You know, so they can go same day. Same yeah. with Everton. It's on the you know, Merseyside. Can travel same day. I know that's a traditional three o'clock Saturday game, but you know, the Tuesday game might be a one o'clock, two o'clock game. But I think you've got to we've all got to understand that fans aren't a priority for these games behind closed doors at the minute. You know, yeah, we can is. watch them on YouTube, we can watch them at a later point. You know, there's there's nothing we can influence as fans in these games. You know, when it's a quarter to eight kickoff under the lights at Deepdale on a cold wet Tuesday night against whoever, and you can get behind your team. You know, we all know 
games at Deepdale under the lights are special anyway. Yeah. We can actually influence the game from, and be a 12th man, as, if you want to call it that. But at the minute, you know, we're, we're just passengers, aren't we? We're just yeah. along for the ride. So there's not a lot we can actually do. Well, what, what, what's your take on the two Prem friendlies? And obviously, I would assume, should it happen to be Burnley on Tuesday, that this would fall in the same category. But the two Prem friendlies being £10 a pop on iFollow as opposed to being free on YouTube. Doesn't really bother me, to be honest. No, it doesn't bother me, but I'm just like, why, why the sudden change? I mean, I know, I've, I know I've seen a lot of people saying YouTube worked a lot better than iFollow ever has. I didn't have any issues with it, personally. You've got to remember that YouTube's a massive platform and probably is used to streaming live games in 4K. You know, you don't have to look at the Champions League final that BT Sport streamed in yeah, the league. Yeah. It just, you know, like, again, just on that, that makes the, the decision for me, because I know clubs can choose whether they get an independent streaming partner or they choose to go with iFollow. Why they wouldn't have gone with YouTube, they've obviously got a camera. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can set subscription or like payment gateways, if you will, on YouTube so people have to pay for it. Well, there'll probably be premiums attached to it, and iFollow's an EFL service, isn't it? So yeah, I think true. They'll, just, they'll just stick with what they know. I mean, the Sheffield United game's only a five if you buy it through Sheffield United's website. Well, if, there if, you go. If North, if North End are charging a tenner, everyone knows I'm a bit tight. You know, if I'm happy to pay for it, I'll be paying Sheffield United in five and not, not North End a tenner. So, there you go. Uh, any any so, listeners that take after Jimmy, then that's that's your pro yeah. tip for this pod. Yeah, get sorry, club, if you're listening, but... Yeah, unless Northend drop the prices to a fiver, then oh, we'll go wait for it that and see way. now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just a bit of a shout out on pre-season as well to Tom Bayliss. I think he's looked. I think he's looked quite good. I thought he had a good ninety minutes. Well, good seventy minutes or whatever he played yesterday before he came off. Clearly, he's a player. Um, good on the ball. A few nice touches. He likes to drive forward. You can tell like he's good on the ball. That's why I'd start him deeper where he started yesterday. I think. Mm. Once, I don't think he's... I've seen a couple of people say he's number 10 or whatever, but I think his main strength is probably carrying the ball and then releasing it. He's got a good way to pass as well, I think. So, yeah. I, think I think him and Ledson, we'll see We'll see a bit more of him and Ledson this season. Couldn't see any less of him, to be fair, could we? But, um, <laughs> no, not really. But yeah, I think he might have learned a couple of lessons last season, need a little bit more rotation, especially in that middle area, which is one of the most competitive in the league, I'd say. I looked yeah. at all all the other midfields last night. Got seven or eight decent options there in the middle. Well, one of the questions, I mean, I have no questions down for, for the pod today, but one of the questions that we did get was, do you think we've got the, one of the best? Or, no, sorry, I think it was, do you, do you think we've got the best midfield in the league? I think there's a strong case for it. I think, yeah. to be honest, I was going through it last night. I think Brentford, obviously, if you look at Norgard, Jensen, De Silva, Marcondes, I think theirs is probably as strong, if not stronger. But if you look at the other teams, the depth and the actual quality, I'd say Ben Pearson and Daniel Johnson start for most teams in the league, wouldn't they? Yeah, and then 100%. you've got one more. You've got Brown, Ledson, Bayliss. You've got Gallagher. Harrop comes into number 10. Potts can play central. So that's, I'd say it's, it's definitely a top three, I'd say. Mm. It's, a, it's an area we don't need to strengthen at the minute unless we lose Pearson yeah. or DJ um, or Brown or DJ yeah um, I think that midfield becomes significantly weaker if you leave Ben Pearson out of it you know 100%. he's just shone, he's shone so much in three games that we've played so much you know that Salford game 
you know, Tranmere. You can just tell he's a cut above. Yesterday, he's just... Like, I know he's got a butt yesterday for the most typical Ben Pearson foul I think I've ever seen in terms of him breaking away and obviously just tripping him up. This is a... It's one of them where you take the booking. Yeah. You know, it's like... This was a Ben Pearson tackle. But, you know... Well, that, that'll just, carry into the league as well because it's obviously the League Cup, isn't it? I'm not sure. Because I think, Ollie, you'll know better than me, but I think they separated it last year, didn't they? Oh, did they? Yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah. right. I was going to say, because if that, if that is the case, he's already on one for the for the season and the season's yeah. not even properly started. But yeah, I think it's something case. like you get two bookings now in the, in, the, in the League Cup and then you get suspended for the I think that's why, did Darnell miss out against yeah, City? Yeah, someone rings a bell about that. I'd have to look it up, Jimmy, but I think, I think you're right. Um, but I think Ben Pearson now that Callum Phillips ain't in the league I think there's no question he's the best defensive midfielder in the league he's, he's, some games are just so easy for him um, it's very quiet about his contract but I think that'll stick on personally yeah I think people need to need to make the most of these next few games that they, they see him in the North End shirt because any one of them could be the last unfortunately yeah mm. I agree with that yeah well, we'll come on to contracts and stuff in the second half. I just say I fully expect Bauer to get like six or seven goals this season, by the way. I think he only yeah. scored, did he score two last season, two or three? He scored once against Bristol City. Yeah, he scored and, against Bolton, didn't he? Yeah. I think, he'll, I think he'll get five plus. I think he's a major threat from corners. <coughs> Funny you mention that, because I was going to mention this in part two, but it's probably convenient to mention it now. Looking at the teams that for a spread of goals last season and where they came from in each team and I looked at Fulham you know a team that went up and there's only Mitrovic obviously scored 20 odd goals but only four of the players scored five or more goals in that team yeah. and then they had like eight players that, that contributed other goals Yeah. so goals were really well spread out in a team that got promoted and you know we'll come on to the strike option later but we don't necessarily need a 20 goal a season striker we just need other other positions to contribute yeah. more. I think that's been the case for a few seasons at, at this level. I think. I think if you look at Leeds, will be similar as well, Jimmy. From last yeah. year, yeah. I think I, I was speaking to Gab Sutton on Twitter last night, and I'd be pretty confident of Barkey, Sinclair, and Maguire getting double figures each. Yeah. So if you've got players like that, you can spread it around. You don't need a 25. In our case, could you not flip it on its head, though, and say that we've never really struggled for contributions from other players like Brown and Robinson season before, DJ last season? Yeah. Our issue is, and again, we'll come on to it in the second half, is that we've not had a striker that can chip in with 10 to 15 goals. To be honest, for me, it's not the, the goals are a secondary bit of the striker that we need, I think. I think, for me, we need... A mobile number nine who is just going to play, guarantee you 35, 40 games. Because when we're chopping and changing Sinclair, Barkey, Maguire, Stockley, there's no rhythm. And I think I was looking on FB Ref the other day. I think a striker has started, how can I put this? Like, I think the most games that someone started up front for us was like 12 games mm. out of 46. You got Watkins starting probably 45, 46 games. Yeah. I think we just need a solid number nine option. He's just going to hold the ball up sometimes, or can do different things like. Yeah, well, I hate, I hate to like, like the striker Norwich have just signed. I was just going to say I hate to start mentioning former players, but Hugo rarely missed a game for us. Yeah, you just need someone who's going to nail you down for yeah. five plus games, and then the goals will come with that. 
100%. Right, I think it's time for a quick brew, boys. Hello and welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. Yeah, before we get into part two, I just want to say that there is currently a bank holiday deal on for the probably the best Preston North End book that you can buy at the minute. So should delivery be cancelled, you are guaranteed a refund. Uh, there's no need to wear a mask and you can sit where you like when you're reading it as well. So if you want to get yourself a copy, you can buy North End Souls 1 or North End Souls 2. They've got stories with Paul Gallagher, Ricardo Fuller, David Moyes, Paul Huntington, Tom Clark, Gareth Ainsworth, and many, many more. If you want to get one on its own, it's just $9.99. Or if you want to buy the pair, it's $19.99. And you can order them directly from northendsouls.com. So that is northendsouls, all one word, .com. And yeah, now for the, the fun part of the pod, I guess you could say. I, I suspect this this will be a, a, a closely listened to bit by most of you and maybe some other people as well, maybe some people at the club, if you are listening, hello. Um, yeah, season tickets. Where um, do we start? <laughs> where do we start on this? Well, I'll, I'll start us off. I'm, I'm more than likely, as it stands at the moment, not going to be renewing for the first time in 20 years, I think it is. Mm. Why? Because um, this is the this is the key thing that I don't me, think people understand if that makes sense because yeah. there's been outrage everywhere. But for you, Jay, why aren't you renewing? So for, for me, the, the the big issue is the is the non refund or however you want to word it. Um, it's not necessarily the the outlay of of money. It's the fact that should something out of my control happen, that I will not see a penny of that money again. And the fact that they're trying to sort of um, I don't know, butter people up by saying, look, if this does happen, we'll give you free access to, to iFollow. That's the minimum I would expect because if I pay for a season ticket and then I get free access, I'm actually then going to be paying more to watch it on the video should I have just paid £10 itself to watch the game and not bought a season ticket. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, with, with the refund thing and, and the fact that there's the potential of a local lockdown happening again, I mean, we're already under restrictions. There's just no incentive for me to not, from the get-go, to not not pay just £10 per match. And that's the thing that I think a lot of fans are going to be in the case in that situation. You know, you look at, if you, see, there's loads of things the club could have done, in my eyes. You could have just said £230 up front and then £15 a game on top for the, every game you attend. You know, there's, you look at Barnsley and Rotherham offering membership schemes where you initially pay a retainer, in essence, and that goes straight onto North End's bottom line in terms of straight income because it's not deferred in any way because you're paying for a service there and then. Yeah. It reserves your seat for 21-22 season if you can't go to a game this season. There's going to be vulnerable customers because in the day that's what we are we're customers i know we're fans but in the day for business we're a customer well the, the um, club keep reminding us that they're run like a business so yeah so we are a customer yeah right? and there'll be vulnerable customers out there that won't be able to get to deepdale this season for you know that they, they may be 
shielding. They may not feel comfortable going. They, they you can know, live with a vulnerable person, live with someone who's shielding. Exactly. And, you know, you only have to look into media. And I, I don't tend to look at mainstream media. I look at facts. I don't like, you know, gossip, to do, say the do least. Do your own research and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And, you know, we all know people within the NHS and they are preparing for phase two, you know. 100%. and. There will be another lockdown eventually. I don't want it to be, but I, I can't see another way. Well, I, you know, I heard uh, the other day that with flu season coming up and the, the anticipation of a second wave during flu season, that months ago the NHS started preparing for that by ordering triple the amount of PPE that they would have normally needed. So, so if that doesn't tell you anything, then... So th- for me, there's... That's a concern because, you know, we're only going to be going back to deep down on, what is it, the 17th of October for the Cardiff game as it stands. You know, and I get, you know, the first two games on I follow, I, I get it because every club's going to be in the same boat. Yeah. But there's a lot more out-the-box thinking that we could have done rather than to say, this, this is it, take it or leave it. Because as a customer, that doesn't feel right. You know, I could sit on my ass and pay £230 for the season, in essence, and watch every home game up from comfort my own home, yeah. have a beer while I'm watching it, you know, put my feet up, have a pizza at half time, you know, lock myself away if I need to, you know, not get nagged. I know, I'm, but the, the biggest thing for me is I'm missing my social aspect. Yeah. I'm going to be missing that anyway because, you know, we go to games with a group of people that we know, you know, we're probably all in the same boat in this, you know, the, you meet up once every couple of weeks at Deepdale, you know, twice a week if you're lucky, if you get two home games in a week and it's the catching up, you know, the football is, primarily probably been the second best part of the experience for, for God knows how long, especially under Graham Wesley. Christ, you know, there's nothing to, to, to get you to deep down to watch the football. It was, it was meeting up with your mates and probably giving Graham Wesley a bit of sticking up, hoping to God that one day we actually sack him. You know, and thankfully after that game at Yeovil it happened. But yeah, we've just... It just seems really narrow-minded, you know, the way we've attacked yeah, it. And then the statement that came out Saturday, it was just like, well, this is it, take it or leave it. Just before you say anything, Ollie, I know you're champing at the bit, but what, what didn't sit well with me about that is that I read it basically as you're lucky to have a club, look at these other clubs locally, not even locally, Charlton, look at these other clubs, this is how we could be. So you're lucky to have a club put up and shut up, basically. And I just thought, you know what, actually, no, that's not, that's not right for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not renewing either. Um, for me, people in the past have said they're not renewing due to lack of investment in strikers or they want more exciting football. It's nothing to do with that for me. I think the main thing is they didn't give us refunds last season, which I thought was a bit iffy. Anyway, I think twenty. I think twenty-one or twenty-two other clubs did, or something like that. I think mo- most clubs did. I think eighteen, nineteen, twenty in that region did. You can accept that, but then, so I think my season ticket is 280 quid. If they want me to pay that, the season could get cancelled next week. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. And they want, they want you to pay their money and not keep their half of the bargain, basically. And it's tough shit if it goes, if it goes up the wall. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you could pay 280 quid to be on row one all season. Like, I think they've not reflected what next season is going to be in the prices and they're relying on people just out of habit because to be honest, I've never thought twice about getting a season ticket. 
I don't think I think most people would just get one without thinking twice. It's nothing to do with signing a striker or whatever. It's nothing to do with what league we're in. But as soon as they want you to pay that sort of money, and we could be watching forty six games on a TV screen next season, it just doesn't wash with me. And I think they're expecting to make a million pound from season ticket sales this season. I think it's going to be massively limited. And that statement on was it yesterday? That was insinuating that this club would not be in a healthy position if if fans didn't buy a season ticket. Which, if you look at the accounts, I'm not going to get technical about it, but it's just complete bollocks. Simply bollocks. That is. Um, they they could have, as Jim said, they could have been so much more imaginative in, in how they've done it. I've not really looked at any of the clubs how they've approached it, but just by Speaking to a couple of people, I think six or seven clubs have, have gone a completely different way to PNE. Um, and I think someone mentioned it were just so narrow minded. Um, so I think they're going to be in, I, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I think they're going to be in a bit of a bit of a in for a bit of a shock. Yeah. And I think you mentioned before, Jake, about obviously the statement about when he insinuated other clubs. And the quote from that statement yesterday was supporters at clubs like Bolton, Berry, Wigan and Charlton have had to deal with keeping their clubs in existence. For me, the difference with those four clubs is they've been run by charlatans. Yeah. They've been run by four people that should never have passed the EFL's fit and proper persons test. No, and nothing that's to do with podcast in itself. Yeah, and you know, go and listen to Price of Football with Kieran Maguire for loads more info on that because it's where I go to after from the finish on a Monday because I've got quite a bit of driving on Monday. And it's... You know that will give you loads of insight into how you know Rongans run football clubs. Those four clubs are run by Rongans. We're not. We're, we're run by somebody who's a billionaire. Who you know? Um, and and I don't want. I don't want Trevor Emmons to be chucking ten million, twelve million pound a year into the club because that's unsustainable. Yeah. That is not how to run a business. You know, we're up to one hundred and five million pounds that he has invested in his football club since two thousand and ten when he took took charge. You know, that's what. It's about ten and a half million pound a year now. That's not sustainable, and that's only going to increase now we're in the championship. And wage costs go up. You know, up to over nineteen million pound a year. One hundred forty-three percent of revenue we spent on wages. That's not sustainable. You know, I think throwing those four clubs into the statement yesterday was wrong, and, and because they're a completely different situation. That's a situation where the EFL have allowed wrongans to get into charge of football clubs. And rinse them dry. You I'm know, more what? continually led to believe that Trevor cares for the club and and is a fan of the club and, and wants the best for the club. So I don't to, think there's any question that he cares. Like, well, but what my point was going to be was to lump us in with them, like Jimmy said, is is just wrong. Well, you could you could put Macclesfield, you could put Oldham in that, that yeah. bracket of four clubs yesterday that are run by Rongans. You know, yeah. you could even chuck Derby in there because Mel Morris is a Rongan. Let's yeah. be honest. You know, for what he's done with the stadium sale. Chancery, Sheffield Wednesday, Rongan. You know, there's loads of Rongans out there, but Trevor Hemmings isn't a Rongan. So I just don't understand why in that statement yesterday, it's a case of, well, if you don't, you know, it's, it's a fear tactic of if you don't buy a season ticket, your club could be a Bolton, Berry, Wigan or Charlton. Well, yeah. it's a completely different situation. Yeah. And, and it's wrong of the club to even suggest that. 
Yeah. It, it doesn't, but that's why that people have got the backs up now. And there's people, you know, you only have to look on fans forums, on Twitter, on so, other social media platforms, and people have got the backs up now. And it's like, well, no, I'm not paying. Mm. I'm not going to pay. I'm going to sit at home. I'm going to pay ten pound a game to watch it on iFollow. Yeah. And when fans, when normal is is back, you know, whether that be in March next year, whether that be in twenty one twenty two season, then they'll repurchase a season ticket. Yeah. But until then, or until there is a, a relaxation of this you know, policy about no refunds and it's iFollow or nothing, you know, and, and even then we're not chucking in the eight midweek iFollow games that are away from home that we're allowed to chuck in for free. Mm. We decided not to. I don't understand that. It doesn't cost, it's not going to cost the club anything. It's just another way of making money out of a customer. Yeah. And that doesn't sit right with me either. Mm. You know, the fact that, you know, on the 14th of June and the statement that came out then, it said, we're continuing to examine other options to thank our loyal season card holders. And this will be communicated to as and when there is further clarity on next season. Well, we're at that point now where there is further clarity on next season. It starts in two weeks. We know when fans are going to be allowed back on the ground in, in limited capacities. But what is to reward any of those season ticket holders are being back? Yeah. There's nothing. There's, what what well, have they actually got out of it? in the two statements as well. The one that Peter Ridsdale released on Saturday versus that one that you just mentioned there where it's loyal and and... It, 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 it evokes positivity from you. You're like, do you know what? Yeah, I am a loyal customer. I am a loyal supporter of Preston North End Football Club. And then the statement that released on Saturday makes you feel like, oh, shit, loyalty or not, I'm, 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 maybe I'm lucky to be in this position that I have a football club yeah. to support. And that's not right. The thing is that they must have got together before the statement was released. There's no way they can, unless they were just hoping for blind loyalty, they're going to be in for a shock because every single one of us loves Preston North End, but we're in the middle of, we're in the middle of a recession and they are treating us like mugs. It feels like they're just, there's absolutely no incentive. What incentive is this to go back to Deepdale? You can't choose where you sit, which to be fair is no fault of the clubs. Can't choose where you sit. You can't really sit with your mates. You might not even you know, be able to be in the same block that you've been in for however many years, you know, and then the season could be cancelled in two weeks and it's just tough tits. So I think they're just taking us for granted, it feels like, in this scenario. And I think this might be sort of a a turning point for a lot of fans. Um, I've just read in the break of fans written in Lank's live saying uh, this is the end of their support for the time being or whatever. So... Just the general, the general feeling on social media. You can generally tell after an hour or so after something's happened what the general mood is. And I can't remember anything as unanimous as that the other night. And, and the fact that I would argue it's still going on now. Yeah. As we record on Sunday, there's still a lot of people across Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever else, the fans forum. That are still talking about it. Normally things tend to die off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Actually, after feels- a game. It feels like, to me, it, this, it feels like the club aren't prepared to handle any of the risk involved with the coming season. They're mm. trying to transfer it all onto the fans. Yeah. And if that's a reward for loyalty, then I'm not sure who thinks that's a good idea. Um, so, Holly, I just, just want to bring up, just in case anyone who's listening doesn't follow you on Twitter, um, before we recorded this morning, I saw you tweeted something that I think is worth worth bringing up, or maybe it was last night, about how 
people don't have to be so tribal and sit in one specific camp when it comes to Trevor Hemmings and either criticising or supporting him. You can be all of the things that everyone mentions. Yeah, there's a bit of a, bit of a trend at the minute to comment under every single Preston North End post, Hemmings out or announce a striker or anything. You can be grateful that Trevor Hemmings has put his own money into the club, whether that be through other companies or through his own money. We are grateful because, as Jimmy said, is that substantial investment. It doesn't matter how much you're worth, it's, it's substantial investment. You can be annoyed at the lack of willingness to get good players over the line when they've been in the building. That's happened on countless number of times since Alex Neal's been here. Well, um, recently as well. You can be perplexed at some of, the, some of the stories that you hear in terms of signings. I'm not going to name names, but the mascot just was simply a joke signing. And you can also feel like you've been treated like a mug. You can be all of them. It doesn't mean you have to be staunchly Hemmings in or Hemmings out. People just saying like, oh, do you want a £10 million striker? Do you want, do you want us to increase our wage bill? Like People are like being guilt-tripped on Twitter and playing the moral high ground, uh, playing a superior fan card that comes out every now and again. And fair play, if you can afford 400 quid or whatever, um, at, at your own risk of not being able to attend a single game. Fair play, but a load of us can't take that risk at mm. the minute. And that's just not resonating. And I think the club are just completely out of touch with the fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, nice I'm quite fortunate that I've actually, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows or follows me on Twitter, but I was made redundant, but I do have a new job. If I hadn't have got that new job, renew, renewal wouldn't have even been a question. There wouldn't have been yeah. a debate for me to have about well, if they change the refund policy, I might renew. It just simply wouldn't have been the case that I would have been able to. Let's make it clear. Asking for a refund policy is not being unfair from no. a fan's point of view. That's asking for your rights to be obliged to. Yeah. If we pay for a service and that service doesn't happen, there's absolutely no morality in saying, no, you can't have a refund because the club's budgeted for this season ticket money to come in. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm not going to get technical, but I suggest people look at the accounting policies for deferred income and then go and have a look at it and read about it and then see if you think that's fair or not. Like, Ollie, it's, it's... Ollie, will you just explain to the average Joe how deferred income works? Because obviously I've become a little bit more involved in financing and, and more interested in it, especially over the past 12 months, 18 months. But you explained yeah. it really well to me and how, how simple deferred income... Because season ticket income is class of deferred income you know yeah. so how does it work yeah i learned this under kieran mcguire and obviously it's part of my job as an accountant to just look just, at balance. just to be clear that was kieran mcguire at uni the same kieran mcguire that has the podcast he was your yeah, lecturer sorry. at uni wasn't he yeah that's correct um, yeah it's not like you've listened to a podcast and picked up on it he's taught he's actually nah, taught you yeah we're good mates me and kieran um <laughs> so so basically, when, when, when a club sells season tickets, they're selling a service for 23 games, which is probably going to span nine months of the season. When you make that sale, that sale does not go to revenue because to recognise revenue, you have to perform a contract obligation. And that obligation is 23 games in a season. So when the club gets sales next week, and I've seen their accounts, so I know they're doing it correctly, that money, that money for the 23 games contract has to go to deferred income which is liability because you cannot recognize that income 
until you've performed your half of the contract obligation, which is why it's a liability. So people saying they don't owe us refunds, it's complete rubbish. Um, so you get that deferred income, you divide it by 23, and one, when one game is played and fans are there, that's 123rd of the performance obligated. Yeah. So one twenty-third of that deferred income is credited from deferred income. And so yeah. essentially at that point at one twenty-third, the club have fulfilled one twenty-third of their side of the contract. And then you should add that to your revenue. So then you've yeah. got twenty-two twenty-two out of twenty-three. When you play the second game, that goes to revenue. But when yeah. you performed all of those contract obligations, you get the full amount of the revenue of the original sales that you made. The reason that you can't recognize it as revenue is because you've not performed your performance obligation and anyone who does accounting will notice there's five steps to revenue recognition and the fifth step is a contract performance and they simply will not be performing their half of the contract if games aren't played so i don't know how they can move that from deferred income to revenue if if games aren't played i don't know how they can do that i think kpmg audit the club so that's something for kpmg to look at next year or whatever but yeah it people have just been getting a bit confused about this revenue thing it's and i think the club have probably played into it a bit but it's yeah simply can't recognize it as revenue and the club don't recognize it as revenue and that's why i think it's really key that that's explained to davish joe listener you know that we have you know because uh, and it, to me, this, and to you, Jay, yeah, you're you're our little school, aren't you? Really, that has no idea about finance. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really key because you know it doesn't matter how many season tickets we sell this 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 summer, that income isn't going to be recognised till May June next year as yeah. as, a, as the full amount. You know, it will be spread over the season. So, us yeah. sell it. It doesn't matter if we sell five hundred season tickets or five thousand season tickets. We're yeah. still not going to be spending five million pounds on a striker. It's, yeah, it, it, <laughs> you know few, what I mean. There is different accounting treatments. Like obviously, there will be a cash win to the club, but however much we sell, however much money we generate, that has to be held in some capacity until twenty-three games have been performed. It's as simple as that. And even if even if you question it from a legal point of view, it's just not moral. It's just there's no there's no moral point of view behind. Mm taking people's money for no performance. Yeah. In any other course of business, it's just, it just, you just wouldn't see it happen. You know, it's like, you recognize revenue as and when it's performed, unless you pay for a good, so if I pay for a bike today, you recognize the revenue for the bike because I've taken a bike away. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another service. If you pay for someone to build your house, you don't pay them up front at the start. You pay it over the service of them building your house. Yeah. You might pay a deposit, but you pay it as and when the performance is obligated. So yeah. So you'd agree, deposit fifty percent of the build completed. Yeah. And they're the three points that you make the payments. So, it's like a PCP yeah. with a car. Yeah, exactly. If you've got a PCP with a car and you got a le- that is the lease, you, you've got a three-year lease with that car. So you, you know you are paying a certain amount for three years. And you know what you're paying each month, or you know what you're paying over the, over the terms of the contract. And your PCP provider have got to provide you with, you know, MOT or tires or servicing or whatever, as well as the car. Yeah. You know, you've got to, it's two sides of the bargain. So, yeah. If anyone if anyone wants to discuss this on Twitter, it's actually quite interesting. So I'm happy to discuss it with anyone. What's your yeah. Twitter handle, mate? 
It's at gone underscore underscore. Cool. Uh, so just to wrap up that section then, should should the refund policy be changed or amended or improved, however you want to look at it being changed, would you reconsider your sort of, because I, I, I'm, I'm right in saying that we're all at the point now where we're almost 99% that we're not going to renew. So should that be changed and, and the refunds be relaxed or... Personally, and would would you consider renewing or not? Personally, I'm not going to renew for one. I'll be travelling from Manchester. You just don't know what's going to happen with public transport or anything like that. Yeah. Number two, Jimmy says he goes to the game to see his mates and all that. I, which is fair enough and stuff. I'm a bit of a loner when I'm at the game. If I'm sitting on row one, that takes a massive amount away from the game for me. Like so. And to be fair, that's no fault of the clubs, I don't think. I think that's just getting fans in stadium. But I think, Jake, I think if, if they did reverse that decision, I think a lot more people would be comfortable paying that amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we look at the two polls that has, that's been run over the past 24 hours. I mean, we had a poll out on Twitter. You know, 68% of our voters said they weren't intending to renew or buy this season, as, as things stand. PNA Online also ran a poll similar, but a different question. You know, it, it was if the no refund caveat was removed, would you consider buying? And that went to 66% of people would buy if the no refund caveat was removed. So I think you can tell there's a clear correlation there that yeah. this no refund policy is causing people issues because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, and, and the, this is no fault of the club, you know, this part, this is what I'm about to say, because we are living in a different world to what we were living in 12 months ago. 100%. And... You know, I do feel the club, I've sort of got one hand tied behind the back because they don't know what's going to happen. But you've got to think outside the box a little bit and do something a bit imaginative to be able to get your income, get your revenue, whilst also be able to provide a service for the fans. Because without fans and without customers, you know, yeah, we've got an owner who's, who's, who's got a few quid, you know, and he'll probably be able to bankroll us for a couple of years longer. But You've got to have a. You, the fans are the most important part of this club, you know. And I think we've just been left a little bit, you know, as a, at the bottom rung of the ladder, you know, seen as not important. You know, you look at yeah, we played the players in full all the way through, you know. But what? But what does that mean months. to the average Joe who can't put a meal on the table for his family? Exactly. You know, we're about to go into. You know, when the furlough scheme ends at the end of October, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of redundancies in this country. 100%. You know, that we are going to be in the shit over Christmas, this country. It's not going to be pretty. And I think we've got to step back and just get in touch with reality a little bit. You know, the fact that we are in recession, you know, we've got a lot of people's jobs that are at risk. You know, you've lost yours, Jake, over this time. And, you know, great that you've got another one so quickly as well. But there'll be people that won't be as lucky in that situation. Yeah. You know, there'll be people in October that have left a job coming up to Christmas with with bills to pay, mortgages, you know, families to feed. Yeah. And, and, and the added pressure of having to buy presents as well, which... Is, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's a difficult time of year to start with it. But 450 quid or 475 quid, whatever season ticket costs for you, you know, if you, it's the two of you that go on the games and you've got a couple of little ones that were free at now £69. And I, I don't blame the club for charging them for a seat because you've got increased costs, you've got increased yeah. stewarding, etc. I get it. But we've just got to think outside the box a little bit. And instead of doing what we've always done, do something a little bit different. And, you know, I said, I said it on the last pod, I think we were on. I think it's the definition of insanity is doing what you've always done and getting the same results and thinking yeah. you're going to get something different. You know, 
we're, we're getting you're going to get something completely different if we don't adapt these policies. Yeah. We're not going to get anywhere near the season ticket sales that you were expecting. Yeah, I'd say as well, going back to that, you've got to do something different. I think in a statement yesterday, they said it's it's been the club's policy for a number of years not to refund. But if a fan misses a game off their own bat because they're ill, fair enough. No mm. one's going to want a refund for that. That's completely different to a global pandemic, stopping yeah. football being played in front of fans. Well, I've got the two... You can't st- compare... You have to make contingencies for stuff like this yeah. now. The I've got know, two statements here. So the, the, the one from last year read, uh, regarding refunds specifically, all match dates are subject to alteration. No refunds will be made in respect of any amendments to the initial fixture list. And so that the, means the, if you can't club, go, if you can't go off your own back, you're not getting a refund. Shit, yeah. Um, and then this year... It's been amended to read, all match dates are subject to alteration. No refunds will be made in respect of any amendments to the initial fixture list or cancellations caused by COVID-19 related lockdowns or behind closed doors fixtures, open bracket, where legislation enforces games to be played without fans, close bracket. Where possible, the club will endeavour to offer a live streaming service as an alternative to supporters who are not allowed entry to the stadium, which comes back to my point before about if you pay for a season ticket, can't go and attend the game, you're basically then paying double the price near enough to watch it over iFollow than if you'd have just paid a tenner to begin with. And fair enough, like last season, I think there weren't many games left. Maybe there was five home games left and people were fine about four home games. People were fine about that because... You know, you paid it probably, I don't know how many months ago it would have been, but but this is completely different. The, the other thing that. to, I think, as well to bear in mind with that last season was that, like Jimmy's just said, furlough's coming to an end, so there's going to be, you would imagine, a lot of redundancies toward the back end of this year. Yeah. At the point that football came back, furlough was like well on. So you would imagine that anyone that was maybe not, working would would have more than likely been placed on furlough so still would have had some kind of income so the fact that they were maybe losing out on 80 90 quid from the club yeah you, you can kind of let it go a little bit yeah i, I just to, to sum it up from my point of view i think this has just been very cold-hearted from the club yeah um and i think they'll get away with it you know because there's going to be a limited capacity i think enough people just about will make it acceptable but i think that the big issue is going to be getting people back in 2021 22 season, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You only have to look at the Graham Wesley effect, mm. yeah. I know numerous people that have not returned apart from one off games that haven't returned since then, yeah. yeah. And I think this is exactly the same because it, yeah. it drove a division within our fan base. You know, our season ticket sales of those two years that Graham Wesley was in charge to. Well, you could even look at the first season Sam and Grayson was here as well because the effects lasted that long yeah. and we were getting 6,000 season ticket holders, you know, Do you a, think- a barely above that. And now we're getting 8,500. I know obviously you get the under-11s included within, within that, but to go up 25% in terms of season ticket sales since Graham Wesley left the club to now and then potentially have that hit again, if not more yeah. hit this time... I think it's just really bad business. I think it's just it's shoddy. Do you think the lack of an official supporters group or something similar to challenge the club, not challenge the club, but to, to open dialogue up with the club about these sort of things maybe affects our fan base uh, uh, from a wider point of view? Possibly. I think because I don't believe any fan will have been consulted on no. the plans that have just come out. 
And um, would it make a difference in my head? I don't know. I don't think this decision would have made much difference because I think they've been the, the club have been quite narrow minded for years about you know the, the way of working within the club. Um, and until you get new blood in there and until you have new ways of thinking and new yeah, ways of working, then, and all that yeah, sort of it, you, you're just going to get the same old, same old. Yeah. And that's it's no criticism for the people that work within the club because they're only doing what they, they know they can do. Yeah. However, you've got to think outside the box a little bit in times like this because it's just disengaged a lot of people in the fan base. And you're always going to get blind faith supporters that will be queuing up on Tuesday morning to buy a season ticket. You know, and people will be there at nine o'clock, banging on the door. I want my season ticket for 2021 because, let's be honest, some people have nothing better to do on a Saturday. You know, I've got a family. You know, we've all got families. And, and, and there's people there's, out there. There's nothing wrong if that is the case, by the way. If you have, no, of course if that's not, your thing, then fair enough. For some people, it's a religion, and yeah. for some people, they can't. You know, the past six months will have been absolutely horrendous for them, not being able to step foot in Deepdale. But for other people, the past six months have probably been an eye-opener and a bit of a reality check in terms of what's going on in the wider world. You know, actually getting to know your wife's name, you know, actually getting to know <laughs> that she's left Tesco years ago and she's actually working for another business now, you know, because you've not had those conversations with her because you've been obsessed with going to deep down on a Saturday or going away on the train. Yeah. But, you know, people will have had their eyes open to a wider world out there now and we should be doing more to try and entice those customers back, not push them further away. Yeah, I think, I think, I think people really miss away games as well. So I think next season when away fans are allowed back in, I think you might find a lot of fans prioritising away games yeah. as well. This might be another little issue. I think I probably will as well, to be honest. Probably see more fans saying that they've, they've been to new grounds and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, oh, mate, I'm fuming that Bournemouth away is a Tuesday night in December. I'm going to be bribing somebody to get in that ground. It's the only ground I've not got in. It's the only tick I've not got in this league. It's really funny how it's landed. I'm actually off the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week already. Just like, it's it's like fate. Sheer coincidence. But, yeah, sheer coincidence. But I will be, if any Bournemouth fan is listening, I will probably give a limb to be getting that ground in say, December. I was going to say, from the conversations we've had in the past, I wouldn't, if I was to say anyone would be able to get into a ground, somehow it would be you. I don't know about that. I know people dodgier than me, mate. Well, that's that's my point, is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just I think moving on from the point of trying to entice fans back in then, um, there's been a lot of chat about um, lack of investment, no players coming in, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously, there's been tons and tons of rumours. We all know about where we stand with the big four. Um Kudos to whoever coined that. I think it was someone on PNE Online, and now obviously the LEP have used it, Langside have used it, and now arguably the biggest PNE publication of all is using it. Um, yeah, I mean, where, where, where do you stand on strikers? Um, well, yeah, we'll start there. Where do you stand on strikers? Um, it's a tricky one for me, this, because people have seen strikers moving. So obviously, we've seen Keith from Wall's gone. Nondrelay's gone to Turkey. Yeah. Um, Tyler Walker's gone to Coventry yesterday. A couple of others have moved as well. Lyndon Dyke's gone to QPR. Obviously, Hugel's gone to Norwich. So, Tony you know, looking team... like he's moving to Brentford. And then yeah, someone yeah. we've mentioned in the past in Johnson Clark Harris as being yeah. what I've read lined up as his replacement. Yeah. So, so clubs, you know, are spending money on strikers. Now, from what I've heard, we've had a number one target for. 
well over a month. Um, I think the early signs are quite positive. Now it's getting to the stage that we tend to get to every summer where things start going a bit quiet and then you might start panicking a little bit. Um, Inevitably, we're met with bad news that the deal's off, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, I think we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it's just one of them. Yeah, I think, I think well, it's um, sorry, it's going to take time, isn't it? This 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 window is bizarre because obviously it's open till middle of October for domestic players. Yeah, I know internet is it instant, is it Premier League stuff till the third of October or something like. It's just a weird window. Like it's got three different dates for internationals, Premier Leagues, and then domestic, and then three FL transfers. Um, obviously we've we've had the link with Keenan Davis from Villa. Yeah, you know, that could happen still. We don't really know where it's up to. There's obviously yeah. potentially a Premier League loan. Another name that hasn't really been mentioned a lot recently, but mm. we wait and see on that one. We don't want to really uh, yeah, have I think, our fingers burnt. But yes, I, was, I think the thing with Premier League loans is I think they want the bulk of the younger players around for for pre-season, obviously because of the internationals at the time that they are. So I think we might see when the Prem starts. Obviously, you submit your squads, etc. I think. Then we'll see a bit of movement yeah. in terms of in terms of the prem loans. In terms of a permanent striker, I mean, if we're going to compete, we need to sign a striker. Yeah. It's no, it's no question, no question. We've not uh, again. Hate to bring up former players, but we haven't replaced Hugo, which is what three no. years this January coming. Yeah, two and a half years. I hate to say it, but I said it at the time. It's going to be so hard to replace him. Two mm. and a half years down the line. Because last summer we bought Bayless, Nugent, Bauer and Andre Green came in because it was the four signings yeah. and the club came out at like five o'clock on deadline day said business is done for the day. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, well, we're still a striker short. Yeah. So, and, we, you know, in the, in January we only bought in Sinclair, still yeah. a striker short. And now we're, you know, the window's been open for what, two or three weeks and we're still a striker short. People are panicking yeah. about it. I'm not panicking yet. Because no, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of movement in the next five, six weeks this window. It's yeah. going to be a late window. You know, this, the salary cap in League One and League Two is hindering us because we can't get rid of Deadwood. You know, we've no. got quite a few mediocre players that are on the fringes of the team that we, we can't get rid of because League One and League Two clubs now can't afford to pay their salaries. Yeah. Well, David Nugent was on TalkSport, wasn't he, the other day, and said that he's been in talks with a number of different clubs, and it sounds to me like the club are basically just saying, look, if you can talk yourself a deal out, off your pot. Yeah, that's the, that's the impression that we've we've yeah. had as well, isn't it? So, And and hopefully you get some moves that works out for him as well. I mean, there's been a couple of non-league teams mentioned. There's obviously a couple of League 2 teams. And you know what, if he goes to Northampton, it's close to home for him. I think he lives in Loughborough now. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that works perfectly for Nugent. It's just down the M1. You know, good manager in Keith Curl just got promoted to League One as well. Um, you know, and, and that sort of level, you know, you just could probably still make a difference, and especially around a, a fairly young team as well. You know, they've just lost uh, the centre half to Brentford, haven't they? Um, Charlie Good. Charlie Good. So, you know, if he goes there, every credit to him. I know it's not worked out this year, but absolutely not like shambolic, shambolic yeah. signing, absolutely shambolic. Yeah, I think last, last summer, I think Alex Neil wanted two strikers. He's ended up with David Nugent. Oh, come on, like. It's, no, but it, it's cost us. It's no, no, I'm no, there's no question that it has. And we just can't afford to do the same again, like. It's going to be hard enough keeping... Keeping Bob Pierce is going to be tough for me. There's been very little positive 
noise about his contract. Same as Daniel Johnson. Um, I think Alan Brown, Ben Davis, who knows? But I think it might. We might lose him late in a window, and we know what's going to happen if we lose him late in a window. We're knackered. We're not. We're not. What, scrum, how are we going to replace him? We, we've never adequately replaced the player that we've lost. Yeah. Well, recently we haven't. Anyway. Do you so, read anything to Ben Davis not starting yesterday? Well, I was in the office yesterday. I've seen that Ben Davis and DJ haven't started, and I thought it was a bit odd. Uh, no one else really seemed to, to make anything of it, but I don't know. I don't know. I think we've heard different things about both of their contracts. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just it, 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 but it is dragging on now. It's dragging on. It's September now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's September on Tuesday. Be. And um, so people were getting a bit excited when there was that piece in the LEP that Ridsdale came out and said that none of none of the big four, so to speak, have expressed a desire to leave the club. But what, I think that means I think that means none of the big is, four they've not handed in a transfer request. Yeah, basically. Okay. What else is he going to come out and say? Yeah, they all want to leave because they can get more money elsewhere. And to be honest, they'd be daft to sign the contract at this stage. Ben Pearson, all, all of them, are arguably, at the point in their careers where. They're, they're about to hit the peak and they could move yeah. somewhere else and not only probably play at a higher level, but also massively, massively improve their personal lives in terms of the money that they would get. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw the other day as well, Daniel Johnson's actually 28 in a couple of months. Yeah, he's a lot older so than you think. And that next contract is a massive contract for DJ at the age yeah. of 28. Yeah. Things are a bit different. I think Brown... I think Brown will get a sideways move in terms of football, but obviously he could easily double his money. I think mm. Ben Davis, in a normal climate, could could get a Premier League move. Maybe I think Dem- Ben Pearson, without a doubt, could do so. Yeah. Um, I think they'll all be here come the Swansea game. Come October, who knows? But um, yeah, I think twenty twenty two clubs have signed a player now. I think us and Bournemouth haven't signed a player. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, just going back to the main the main transfer target, I've seen on I think it was on Peony Online that Corley Woodrow's mentioned as one of one of the big ones. Where would you sit on that if it if it happened? I think I um I wanted to sign Corley Woodrow twenty eighteen. I got the tweet ready to go. Um, <laughs> Saved in the drafts. No, I got the tweet from twenty eighteen. All um, oh, right, but yeah, that's going to take a that's going to take substantial fee for a club in in the climate. And especially the noise they're making about season tickets and funding the club, etc. I, I, I don't see how that could happen. I think they signed him for nearly a million quid. Barnsley. Yeah. They'd want they're to gonna want, off that. Yeah. They're going to want to double 15, up, aren't they, on that? 15 goals last season. Very good age. He's mobile. He's good with both feet. Good in the air. Um, he's as close to Hugel as you probably could get without the aggression. Um, big fan of Coley Woodrow but it, I can't see it happening I just can't see it happening yeah another one you mentioned Jim when we when we were talking about strikers uh, in the pod when Ollie had his flat fire was um, well it, Woodrow's strike partner uh, Connor Chaplin yeah, can't see that happening I think he's quite similar to Maguire yeah it's just he's an upgrade isn't he but yeah. I can't see him leaving Barnsley at the minute either no. to be fair to Barnsley you know 6,000 memberships sold already. They've um, got a manager in Stendhal that's 
Stendhal, isn't it now? I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to remember. Stru- Stendhal or Struber. Struber, yeah, that's it. Um, the, hit, hit form after lockdown. You know, to get out of the mess they were in, you know, they were yeah. dead and buried with, with nine yeah. games to go. Yeah. You know, and 100%. I think they're um, a bit of a dark... They're recruiting from Europe as well, which is something yeah. that I know we have no, not a chance, chance of doing. Well, we've yeah. spoken um, about in the past, haven't we? Yeah, but it's like they're actually doing it. You know, yeah. you know. Look at commentary signings as well. I know we're going to have a bit of a pre-season prediction pod and review next week. But commentary making signings from Europe, like they've signed yeah. a lad from um, Zvola, is it in, in yeah. the Netherlands? Yeah. yeah. You know, Rovers have just signed a keeper from same league, I think, or Belgian league. Belgium, yeah. So, you know, we we. We just feel a little bit behind the eight ball is probably the best way I'm going to describe it. There's yeah. the rumours about Callum Johnson, the right back from um, from Accrington, but one of our recent followers look. on Twitter. Yeah, if you're listening to it, Callum, um, I hope you make the move. If I don't think you will be, but if you are doing, <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a bit like Jordan Hugo, I don't think he'll be yeah. listening now. He's gone yeah. to Norwich. Um, I think the um, just just on that, I think obviously Fish is another one uh, with his contract running down. No, no mention at all anywhere really, yeah. is there? Just no. talked yesterday, and as an Alex Neal said, he, he might be fit for next week. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll have to see with that well, one. There's a difference yeah. between being fit and whether he actually gets a game. Well, yeah, Alan Brown for me. Alan Brown for me is our best right back when Fish is not available. Oh, I think I, I, would, I would say the manager agrees with you. Yeah, I don't think that's even controversial opinion, really. I think. I remember saying a few, probably months ago now, about Alan Brown for him to get a consistent run in the team might have to look at being a right back because yeah. he's got all the qualities similar to like a Matty Cash, you know, in yeah. terms of being able to convert yeah. his position. So, yeah, it might just be worth looking at long term. Who's the island right back? Because obviously Coleman's not Doherty. in the squad. Of Doherty, oh, he's just got his move today. Hasn't he? He's gone just got his move in the past hour. Yeah, um, so it's a tough one to get ahead of him. But the main one, the main one for me is. Um, just a striker. I think. I think I probably thought back end of last season we probably needed three or four. I think that's highly unlikely at this stage. I think we're just going to be focusing on a striker, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, I think the Jamal Low thing presented itself as an opportunity. Obviously, didn't get it over line, but. And then the club came out and denied anything, any think, any interest. No, I don't think they did. Yeah, in the LEP, I'm sure it was said they in that. Interest, they denied interest in Windass. I'm not sure they did about low unless I've missed that. No, I'm sure it was in the LEP that it was reported as we, we never had any interest in him or something like that. I don't think we'd have had any interest to start with in him, but if an opportunity like that presents itself, I don't think he mm. was a top target. No. You know, and we're, I think quite, we're, we're quite well stocked out wide, really, aren't we? I don't yeah. think we are. I think well, we need another. I've seen people... People confuse numbers here. Like, if we look at the right wing, because obviously, oh, just just before you get on that, what did we say earlier about preseason friendly getting confirmed while we're recording? Yeah, Burnley's just been Burnley's just been, Burnley's just been confirmed. Breaking, breaking news live on the podcast. If you look Maybe at the right, two o'clock kickoff as well. Tom Tom Barker is probably going to be a main right winger. And then you've got Brad Potts, who is very very similar to Barker's and in, in his. Interestingly, sorry, Ali, no mention of where you can stream the game either. Interesting. Tom Barker, who's on the right, is going to be your main option. Then you've got Potts, who's very similar. And then you've got Bowden, who's seemingly out of favour. There's not a whole lot of options there on the right, Jake. True. There's not. True, so, I'll, I'll give you that. I think, I think we could do with another attacker. I think if you lose Bowden, you, you need a replacement. 
Personally. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky one, this, in terms of... Obviously, Ginelli's obviously got to go, but Bowden, you might have to get him out before you can bring one in, then you might not be able to bring one in, so you might leave yourself a bit short. A bit like the Josh Earl thing last summer. Yeah. Um, Just on strikers as well, I've seen a lot of people say, and this is by no means a slight on Louis Malt, um, by all accounts, he's a, he's a brilliant lad, but some people saying, well, maybe we don't need a striker because we've got Louis Malt to come back. But maybe he's months away. He's, he's months absolutely away. months away. And from a personal point of view, I, I know someone... Like really close, who's had a similar, well, arguably a worse injury. She, it was a PCL and an ACL in the knee, um, but she's still not even walking right. And this is twelve months on. Yeah, um, well, and and people thinking that he'll come back and he'll hit the ground running whenever he does come back. I'm not yeah. really sure you can pin your hopes on that someone, and then look at saying, well, maybe we don't need a striker. Yeah, I saw someone reference Sean Maguire's comeback from injury against Bolton. Um, Dremba, I think he had a bad yeah. injury. I don't think it was as bad. But he came back and it was flying. Two two goals off the bench against Bolton, one that. Yeah, I think he had a good little spell after. But Malt isn't that sort of player anyway. He's 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 quite one pace, Louis Malt. And if you're one pace, then you lose the pace, and you're no paced. So I worry about Louis. I worry about because obviously it's over twelve months since his injury now. You know, and he's still not on grass. Yeah. You know, so you're talking 13, 14 Well, it wasn't the talk that he needed a second up as well. He's had it. Oh, He's had it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you're you looking at probably another couple, four to six weeks before he's back on grass. Then you're looking at two to four weeks to get up to even near speed. And then you've got yeah. bounce games. You, you're already looking at October, November before he's even considered for the first team. You yeah. know, so at, at for earliest. me, yeah. So for me, do you include him in your 25-man squad? I, I, can, I can you make amendments can. to your 25-man squad? Yeah, in January. Right. Because obviously with, yeah. the, with the window opening, but you, I, I don't think you can really include him at this moment in time. So then you've got another slot that's free yeah. there, really. Yeah. Um, I, I hope to God he comes back fit, and I hope to you know I I hope that he gets over the injury he's got because at the end of the day it does sound like a career threatener. And oh, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody would want that to happen to who is a very likable guy. Yeah. Um, and just on strikers, I, I did a bit of digging just while being bored in the off season. Now, uh-oh. in terms, uh, oh, indeed, only eleven strikers in the league got more than fifteen goals last year. Mm. You know, and only three got more than twenty. So, I know I mentioned it before. Just, but just got of those three, at, did any of them go up? Because the the thing that I always point to is people say, "Oh, you need a twenty goal a season, season striker to go up." Well, there's only three promotion slots anyway. Yeah, so out the out the thirty eight strikers, out thirty eight players that got more than ten goals last season, only three of them got promoted. You've just put it a lot better than I've been trying to put it for years, Jimmy. You don't need a twenty goal striker. The, the, but they're not they're not out there, mate. Yeah, that's because if you've got a twenty goal a season striker, they yeah. get snapped up or they get taken hundred yeah. percent by, yeah. by a bigger club than Preston. Yeah, because you got to think we're we're not we're. We're a very small fish in a very big pond, you know. Mm. And if we've got a twenty goal a season striker, then they're going to get snapped up. You know, look at Cressy when Cressy went all those years ago to Sheffield United for what one point one five million it were, you know, got snapped up like that straight away because he scored twenty goals. Yeah, because and I know he was coming to the, towards the end of his contract and stuff, but you know th- those players get snapped up. There's, they're yeah. not out there in abundance. People think that yeah, we need a fifteen twenty goal a season striker. 11 players got 15 goals last season in the yeah. championship. The, the, number they're, they're I always, the number I always look for is 12. Yeah. I, I think that's 12. probably fair. 
that's fair. Yeah. You know, if, you get, if you're getting 12 goals at number nine, you're doing quite well at this level. It's quite simple, really. Yeah, I think you look at you look at goal contributions. That's the best way. You know, look yeah. at that Pereira. I think it was at West Brom. He got twenty four goal contributions last year, but only scored eight goals himself. Yeah, you know, West Brom. You know, they went up. The top scorer had ten in the league. Mm. You know, Charlie Austin and Robson Carney both got ten. Yeah, but yeah, because they're spinning goals throughout the team. You know, they got Robinson in on loan. You know, they got Pereira. They got um, who's the other lad out wide. Dean Garner, Matt Phillips, yeah, the yeah. one was at Blackpool. Um, obviously, Pereira with eight. Then you've got Livermore, yeah. you've got uh, Romain so Sawyers, you've got the big centre-half. Krizicki um, came in as well. Krizicki. Yeah, but he, he yeah. didn't really score that many. Who's mm. the big centre-half that was at Rotherham? That used to be a centre-midfielder oh, that we were linked um, with. Ajayi. Ajayi, that's him. Yeah. And obviously, he's a threat from corners. So, they've got a threat across the pitch. You know, yeah. for us, we've got big part threat. Maguire for goal contributions, potentially, even though he only got six goal contributions last year, maybe seven, five and two. Oh, then you've got Barkey and DJ. Harrop with seven goals last year. So yeah. Alan Brown got 11 the season before, so should he hit form, potentially, he could be knocking on double figures. But... Potentially. But if he's going to be playing at right back, then he's not going yeah, to be getting anywhere near not, 10 goals, yeah. is he? I think we, if we spin them around the team and you get two or three that get more than 12, as you say, Ollie, and then you, you get a couple more with eight, you know, a couple of sixes, then you've got a chance. The biggest yeah. issue we had last year, and we've completely negated this, is that we couldn't keep a clean sheet. Yeah. You know, we, we've completely forgotten how to keep, keep... We kept, what, three clean sheets at home all season? Yeah. You know, that means you've got to score two goals to win a game. You know, we, we've got to shut, yeah. you know, we, shut the door before you open the other one. Mm. Yeah, we we, ref- we did reference it last season on the podcast. I think it's hard to put your finger on why. Like a big thing I look at is if you concede zero, zero or one goal in a game. Um, so in other words, you can you don't concede two in a game, and we were well ranked in that regard. But in terms of clean sheets, just wasn't there, was it? So no. we concede one a lot. Concede one goal a lot of the time. Um, I- I don't, I don't know, know if you noticed, mate, but there were sloppy goals we conceded yeah. as well. That one was always a, either a penalty or it was, it, you know, it came from an individual error. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, no one scored. A, you don't look at it and think, oh, yeah, fair yeah, play. Think, you know, you've put, you've put together a good move there and, you, yeah. you, you know, you deserve a lead. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. The goal, the, goal, the goal that summed it up for me last season was the Luton goal away. No threat for 88 minutes. And we just get done with a bit of flat footedness on the edge of the box. And you need 95 minutes, you need to be bang on it defensively. Um, we've been all right defensively since Neil came in. But just something to bear in mind for next season. But we're not yeah. going to sign a defender unless I think Fisher goes. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But as Neil says, it's trying to find the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it is. Um, just last one then. Obviously, with the talk of the big four running their contracts down and obviously Ben Davis has had the the links to the Bundesliga and Celtic. Surely you can't see Trev letting any of them go on pre contracts in January. Cash in before you cash in before you go for an out. The Trevor went, like Lavo said, you know, he he's, he wants to make sure he gets his his coins in the pocket, doesn't he? I forgot what the term Lavo used, but I don't think he'll want to lose them for nothing because mm. you, you don't want another situation like a Billy Day, uh, Billy Jones, sorry, yeah. um, or Ed, Billy Jones or an Eddie Lewis. Those sort of players leaving for now and then coming to bite yeah. on the arse twelve months later. 
especially Ben Davis, who's invested a lot of obviously time and money in over the years. Yeah, sixteen years. You'd want something back from that, wouldn't you? You won't want to lose him for nothing, which I can understand in fairness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but been at the club since he was eight, hasn't he? Yeah, I think if you're losing a player in January, obviously if, if they're going abroad, they're going for free, but I think you're not going to get anything for them in January anyway, are you? Be pittance compared to what you could get now. You yeah. probably... It's a tough one, this contract one, and we knew it would be, to be honest. So, Do you think it's negligent of the club to let them run into the last year and only then start... Negotiations. I don't believe for one second that they've not had a chat in the yeah. previous 12 months. I think it's it, the club can't be completely at fault for this because, in the, the day, a player and his agent have got bills to pay, and mm. you know, they're always going to be looking for that move once a player gets into the final 12 months of a contract, yeah. um, especially agent wise. You know, the players might want to stay, but if someone's going to double your money and give you the opportunity to play Premier League football, then you'd be stupid to turn it down. Um, I think this friendly on Friday is key. You know, the fact that we're playing Sheffield United and Burnley on Tuesday, to be fair, because they're two clubs that have been linked with Ben Pearson. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably a good chance for them to have a look at him in the flesh against what they've currently got. Up close, um, yeah. So, you know, similar to Everton. There was a little whisper about Everton, weren't there? Because the, the comparison with their lad, that Tom Davis, yeah. um, similar type of player to Pearson. So it'd be interesting, you know, seeing them two go head-to-head potentially on Saturday. Um, yeah. I don't think that Pearson will play all three games, don't get me wrong. But I think it'll be interesting to see what he does. Probably give players 75 minutes to an hour. Uh, 75 minutes to the full game. Sheffield United and Everton, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, so we just wait and see. It'll be an interesting week. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about come next weekend. Yeah, I think, yeah I think absolutely. The thing, with, the thing with Ben is he won't look, he won't look out of company playing against them teams. No, definitely not. I think yeah, not only does it, does it give the likes of Sheffield United and Everton an opportunity to look at him up close, but you would imagine opponents of Sheffield United and Everton as well. Yeah. yeah. But the scouts being allowed into the grounds, isn't there, at the yeah. minute? Yeah. They were talking about uh, Mike Jackson there from Tranmere yesterday looking at uh, Mansfield. Because obviously they played the, f- the first game, I think. So there were scouts watching it against Salford. Yeah. So, you know, we just wait and see. Um I hope to God all four of them stay. Um, it, I, I, I can't really comprehend thinking about losing all four of them this window. It's entirely be, feasible, though, isn't it? It is, though. That's the thing. But it's something I don't even want to think about because it gives me freaking cold. It gives me cold sweats. <laughs> would Would you be happy then if we managed to keep all to say like DJ and Brown and the two Bens were the one that went? Well, would not be happy with that. You can't be happy with losing your best midfielder, your best friend. <laughs> oh, may, maybe not. Happy, maybe that's not the right phrase, but should that be it. the situation? Would you, yeah, would you accept it? You'd have to, wouldn't you? But it'd be, it'd be, it'd be terrible for the club. If, if say, say it was like a case of you can keep two of like Davis, Brown, Brown, DJ, DJ, Davis, or yeah. one of Ben or Ben, what, what would you? It's Ben Pearson and then anyone else for me. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Ben Pearson is irreplaceable for us at this moment in time. 100%. 100%. I think people forget how good he is, you know. That's so the thing, watching, watching these last three games, you, you, you know, because he didn't hit form, did he, after lockdown? He just, his, he movements, to, ref- his movements, just even class. on the ball, his little off the ball, blindside movements and stuff like that. I think, exceptional footballer. He did a coy flick in the first half yesterday and I just thought, 
we've no other player that would even have the audacity to pull that off. Never yeah. mind try. Never mind pull it off. Like, yeah. it's just he's just a different level, and you know, I I am fully grateful to Simon Grayson for bringing this guy into our yeah. football club. And I think I just the last point I make is obviously we've sold Robinson, Hugel, Cunningham, a few of us down the years. Out of any of them that I've, that we've sold or will sell. Ben Pearson is the one that I'm very confident will make a big impact at Premier League. 100%, without a doubt. Uh, I was watching with a United fan yesterday and he said at some point during the game, he was like, oh, that, that number four, he could he could make the step up to that bottom end of the Prem, couldn't he? And I'm like, mm, I think even top 10. Yeah. Jermaine Bedford said top six, didn't he? And yeah, he did. That game. Yeah. But we wait and see. Let's just hope we keep hold of him because, yeah. There'll be a few tears shed, I'm sure, across the uh, the PR postcode if we do lose him. Yeah, yeah. United have got United have got a hefty sell on us. Well, by the way. Yeah, isn't, Is it isn't 40%? like thirty, forty percent? Yeah, forty. That's what I've heard anyway. Yeah, I've heard that as well. That's, that's a uh, blow. That's a blow. That is. But if you're yeah. selling for even if you're selling for ten, if you're selling for ten million, it's four million quid gone straight away. So you're mm. only getting six. If you're selling yeah. for six, you're getting what three points a month. Yeah. So Just the last uh, one then before we finish. I think it would be, be remiss of us not to mention it. Um Exton. Training yeah, ground. What about it? Where what do you stand it? on it? Good for the club, good deal. Uh is that just a rumour or is that Well it's uh, well yeah, I suppose you could say it is still a nah, rumour at this point. I but... think there'll be an announcement in the next week. I think if you actually isolate this, I was saying the other day, if you actually isolate this event, so we've gone from Springfield to Exton. It's a step up, there's no doubt, and it's probably a good investment. Then if you take into account all the other stuff that's gone on behind it, obviously what, what the stuff? a lot of questions. Well, what's going to happen with Ingle, which was never oh, going right. to happen, yeah, was it? Yeah. So obviously there's going to be a bit of disdain there because a lot of fans put a lot of effort into getting getting around that. Yeah. Well, I think in the short term, it's a good move for the club. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it's a step up. It's a step in the right direction. However... All the stuff around Exton doesn't negate the fact what we've just done with season tickets and also what's happened with Ingle. We, we're in a bit of... It's, it's, a, it's an upgrade. There's no, there's no question about that. You know, Facilities-wise, you know, having an undersoiled pitch, having a pitch that isn't going to flood every time it pisses it down. Yeah. You know, the kids will move from UCLan back to Springers. That'll save us money. So business-wise, it makes perfect sense. And we've looked at it before. I think we looked at it when Wigan got it. Yeah. Um, but Ridsdale, um, Trevor said he wouldn't pay over a certain amount for it and Wigan up the bid. Yeah. So, you know, it's perfect place for a training ground for us. So that doesn't bother me. In terms of Springfields, will they put the new building in there now that they've got planning permission for in February? Not sure. You'd imagine um, not, wouldn't you? Well, do we actually need it? So... um. But you know, we're three and a half years down the line from the Ingle announcement. Um I suppose you could take you could take a lot from the Ingle thing and marry it up with the way that the season tickets have panned out and the sort of what I would perceive to be the club's lack of regard for the, the fans. Yeah, potentially. Because at the end of the day a lot, without... out, a lot of that'll come out in the wash in the next few years and all that Ingle stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, if the if the if the club end up selling the land back to Cleeton Moore. And houses get put on it. The club have actually missed out on quite a bit of a windfall there, potentially. Yeah. But yeah. we're but we're in recession, you know. And is there the need for building another four hundred and fifty houses there? I'm not too sure. 
um, because then it sounds like sales of the housing land is slow. That's yeah. why we haven't done anything at Ingle so far. That you know you have to walk past the, the land that's fenced off to see that there isn't houses getting built in all that land that that's meant to be getting built on. So yeah, I think it's slow progress on that from Trevor's point of view. And you know if if we move into Ingle next, if move into Exton, sorry, next month, then fair enough. You know, I, I won't complain about it, but we just there's, there's more important issues at the club at the minute in terms of yeah. the season tickets from for me from a fan's point of view. And I think something you've mentioned on Twitter as well, Ali, is that just because we bought Ingle, it doesn't mean to say that that money's gone from being able to be used on a striker to now it's been spent on a trading ground. You would imagine that if we had money on a, to be able to spend on a striker to begin with, that it's still yeah. there. Don't want to bore people again, Jake, on, on accounting, but it's a balance sheet asset, isn't it? This? Exactly. It's an asset on the balance sheet. It's not like an expense for a striker. So No. Cool. Uh, cool. I think unless either of you two have got anything else you want to you chuck in then, um, we can wrap up. No, just um, continue to give us a rating and a comment, I believe. I believe there's a purple button as well, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, to be able to give us a a rating or a comment or something like that. And um, obviously, if you enjoy the show, there's the support of it, ACAST feature that links in the uh, comments right, box. Jim, you want to do the outro, mate? No, it's all right, mate. I'm just... Oh, sorry. Have <laughs> you got all your script written down already? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. But, um, yeah, means that Jake isn't burning his entire redundancy fund in funding the podcast, as I think he is doing at the minute. Um, yeah, it's not gone down too well with the misses, but... Oh, it's you right. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I've I've actually had to have talk to mine, and she's got a pay rise recently, so that helps. Well done. That's that's good. That's um, that means it's less of a burden for yourself and your redundancy pop. So it means that exactly. we, might new, we might actually get a new website soon. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. As always, hopefully you enjoyed episode one of season two of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, as Jimmy's just mentioned, and as was mentioned at the start of the podcast, you can support us uh, with just a one-off donation, or if you want to make it more than a one-off, that's not a problem. Uh, obviously, we're not going to turn our noses up at that, but no matter how small or large, it, it's appreciated, and it does go towards the the continued running of the podcast, the 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 continued work that we try to make towards improving the quality of the podcast. Um, I have thought about buying Jimmy and Ollie both a headset each that might be better than what they've got at the minute, but anyway... Um, yeah so if you want to support us you can just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney or one word um, so there's no no dashes in between the from the finney also if you're a small business owner and you'd like a plug of your business or your service or whatever it may be on the podcast then just include that in the message when you make a donation and we can sort that out for you yeah and don't forget to to keep in touch with us on social media we're just at from the finney on facebook twitter and instagram um, Twitter's probably the main one though so some outro this <laughs> yeah um, cheers boys thank you very much cheers lads see you next week hello uh, I'm Preston based artist Peggy from Peggy Music underscore uh, this is my song Fall Away featuring floral scene singer Joe King I'm Preston through and through and um, I'd like to think that this song is Preston through and through as well so I hope you enjoy thank you One what I can't have, reach what I can't grab So just take more drags, set back days like jet lag Miss who I shouldn't miss, wish for the wrong chick
caught on the wrong things Lazy on the long things Got this girl my DMs But I'm already scared of the end And I'm scared of her friends Nah, she'll be there till the end Reading life stories on my idols Makes you think right now I'm being idle Lost in a ways, no title Need to be married to the game Get bridal Halfway to a college dropout If I quit now, I'm a cop out Talk about late registration with constant frustration So far from graduation Writing this in my Preston hat Around here we say chat Around here we're trapped Still got that northern soul Some things are out of control Wanna make the city mine By the time I'm 30 years old King of the north, king of it all These little gigs don't cut anymore ADHD in my bones, I'm getting bored Can't let these chances slip through Friends said the only person playing this game is you I think modern life is a little misconstrued So what can we do? Sick of waiting on pay, waiting on change Cause I'm slipping away every single day Just slipping away I just wanna fall away from the way Start something new, don't know what to do. Force racing around my mind like Zoom. Need to leave the room, the doom, the gloom. Three days sober on the sofa, feeling older, feeling colder. Need to leave her, free her, can't please her, not here. The city of tears and jeers, weak and offenders in your ear, fueled on cheap beer and weak gear. Oh my, oh my, well, I should take it easy. Could leave tonight, you might not see me. So I'll hold you tight and squeeze you Hold moments in time and freeze you Oh my, oh my, well I should take it easy Could leave tonight, you might not see me So I'll hold you tight and squeeze you Feet off the ground 